Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, and here with me is the Director of Publications, my co-host on this podcast, my co-host in life, Major Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Major Jamie? I am doing fantastic. Listen, I'm just going to say, you said I am one of your hosts, and you did not say your name. So for our new listeners, you might want to give them a clue. I'm your host, Matt Satterley, but you don't need to know that. Here also with us is our uh, producer, the one who makes this whole thing work, the media manager of all things Salvation Army National Headquarters, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm just living la vida loca. Stoked to be here. Very cool. We're glad to have you. <laughs> so today we're going to highlight um, what, what might be... Uh, not super commonly known to some of you, a program that the Salvation Army runs. Uh, so we're so excited to have with us uh, Fulton Hawk, who's the assistant director of the Revolution Hawaii program. Um, so our hope is that listeners, you will get to know a little bit more about this fantastic program uh, of the Salvation Army uh, and perhaps pass on some information to some young adults that you might know who want to grow in their faith. Just share this, share it with everybody you know. Um, get the word out there because it really is a fantastic program. Matt and I know several young people who've been through uh, this experience um, and it really is just transformational. So we're super excited to have Fulton with us today. Excited to be here with you today. Yeah, aloha. Thanks, Fulton. So Fulton, first off, first question. Um, our listeners may not know who you are. So tell us, tell us about yourself. How did you meet the Salvation Army? Have you always lived in Hawaii? Just give us the, uh, the quick Fulton Hawk story. Yeah, I was born into it. My, my, my dad uh, met my mom at the Salvation Army, and she was a community center kid. My dad was um, there at the community center as well, and they met, they got married, and here I am, and I was part of the Salvation Army ever since. And, um, but as an adult, um, I've worked for the Salvation Army doing youth and um, young adult ministry for the last 22 years at THQ, DHQ, uh, here in divisional headquarters um, in Hawaii at this camp. So yeah, uh, my my time with the Salvation Army has been a lifetime. <laughs> Listen, 22 years in youth ministry uh, is nothing to shake your head at. Sometimes I think time in youth ministry, you know, like they say, it's like missionary time where, uh, you know, you serve a year, but it really counts for however many, you know, three years or whatever, just because of the intensity. I think that should also apply to youth ministry, uh, just because of the, uh, it's just intense in a great way, right? It's so life-changing, so impactful, but it can be <laughs> exhausting. Yeah. I think people, the, the misnomer is people always think, oh, you're in youth ministry that keeps you young, but I just feel older and older. <laughs> As soon as I'm around young people, I just realized how old I am. Yeah. They're like, oh, all you do is play games, right? How hard can that be? Mm. Exactly. So Fulton, tell us a little bit about uh, Rev High. What is it? How did it get started? Um, just for those listeners who, who may not ever have heard about it, what exactly is right. it? Um, well, Revolution Hawaii is a discipleship program for young adults who are ages 18 to 29. And I always um, say, like, if you're in between high school and college, or if you're in between majors, or in between college and the workplace, or just have a want to take a gap year, um, it's a great place to to build a foundation with your relationship with Jesus, 
So you have a, a strong foundation for whatever it is in life you do next. So if you are going to college next, you're going to have a better relationship with Jesus because of this experience. Uh, if you're going to the workplace, if you're going back to school, whatever it is, um, we just, we, our, our vision here is that people would leave here with a stronger relationship with Jesus. And so, um, and I think um, it was born out of the fact that the Salvation Army has a lot of programs. Well, we're really good at programming in a lot of ways, but um, a lot of those programs, we have lots of programs for kids uh, zero to 18. And then it's 18 to 118 is the next demographic we program for. And so we don't have um, anything specifically to, for young. There's a lot of things young adults can go to but it's not uh, specifically designed. And again, Revolution Hawaii has been going on for 16 years. And so there's, we're a lot better at that. Um, but 16 years ago, definitely there, was, there wasn't much for um, young adults. So it's kind of bored out of that. Excellent. So I understand that there's a couple of different levels of Revolution Hawaii. You have Essentials and 360. Can you tell us a little bit about what those are? What's the difference? Yeah, it's a lot like Scientology. It's how much you spend here. You could get to different levels of it. Uh, no, yeah, so it's not different levels. It's just um, different amounts of time. So right now, we might be changing the format just a bit, but what it is basically is you can either commit to a year right off the bat, which is 365. And you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming for a year. I'm coming in, in September and I'm going to be done um, in August. Right. And so that's what we call 365. That would include, um, you know, all the time here, a summer, um, I mean, a, a winter outreach time where you go to outer islands and help um, different Salvation Armies. And then it would include a summer ministry time as well. Um, but there's also just um, essentials, which would be um, you come for for three months and you experience what we're so it would be everything that they do from day to day uh, in Rev High, but you're not going out during like Christmas, you, at Christmas time, you'd be done. You'd be going home, right? Or at summer time, you'd be, you'd be done. Most people who come for the, the short-term program in the beginning, um, they end up staying longer. Like a, a lot of times for, for young adults, if they're like on the fence about, man, it seems like a long time. I just, I'm always like, hey, just come for the three months. And if you like it, great. You can stay longer and we can make that happen. And if you've had your fill of um, Hawaii, then you can go home. Is that a thing? Do people have their fill of Hawaii? This leads us into Matt's next question. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, I was going to actually drop in a question for you, Fulton, too. Well, yeah, you for sure. Answer if uh, I'm not going to well, just real quick. I'm not going to answer anything that wasn't approved by our, our <laughs> communication specialist. No, go ahead. Ask what, like um, you, you can answer if people get sick of Hawaii. But my question to you is like, what would a typical day look like if you're doing essentials? Like I get up in the morning. And then I go right out to the field or am I doing some Bible study? What's that look like? Well, yeah. And so the typical day for essentials and the typical day for 365 is all the same, right? So they're all together once, once they're here. It's just the length of time you're here, right? And uh, the going out afterwards. Um, so a day would look like this. Everybody gets up at 6.30 in the morning for morning workout. Now, it's not intense, crazy workout or it's not some P90X where you know, you have some dedicated plan. It's really just to get everybody out of bed, get moving. Otherwise, uh, young adults will never get out of bed in, unless they have to, right? And so it's really just to get everybody up. It's only a half hour. And sometimes people are surfing, playing basketball. We might run, you know, sometimes they, they do different things as groups. Sometimes they do it individually, but it's just, um, you're up at 6.30, you work out together at seven. Um, we eat breakfast together and pack our lunches. 
Um, first of all, let me just say, so this is taking place on the North shore of Hawaii at the Salvation Army's Camp Homolani. So we are on the beach, which is nice, but we're living at a camp basically. Um, so they get up, they work out, they go to breakfast. After that, they have a half hour to get cleaned up, get ready for the day. And then they would start what we call soaps. Um, and so we have a, a schedule to read through the Bible in a year. So everybody's on that same schedule. And so let's say the scripture verses for the day are Matthew uh, 2, um, 12 through 24. So everybody's reading that, right, for the day. And they have like an hour and a half to do soaps, which is the S stands for scripture, which I just told you what it would be. And then they're journaling. So they everybody's off on their own. So they might be under a coconut tree. They might be sitting at the beach. They may be anywhere. They're reading through this on their own journaling. The O is for observation. Hey, I just read the scripture. What stood out to me? You know, I'm going to write down, hey, what was going on? Jesus clears the temple. What's going on here? Whatever stands out to them. They write that down, observation. Then application. How does what I just read, how does that apply to my life? How can I apply it to my life? Right? And so they're writing this stuff down, journaling it. And then the P is for prayer, but they come together as a group um, after that, the first part. And after they spend some time with Jesus on their own, and then they come together and um, they talk about everybody's, hey, what'd you see in this? What were your applications? What'd you get from this? And then they all pray together um, about what they've read, what they want to do for the day. And we spend about a half hour in prayer. Um, that gets us about to about 10, 1030, which would be um, normally uh, either a guest speaker. It's usually what we call our teaching time, 1030 to 12 is either a guest speaker or book discussion um, or a workshop. A book discussion would be, let's say we're reading Francis Chan's Crazy Love. It'll be like uh, today's book discussion. We're gonna discuss chapters two through four. Yeah, and so that's the first part of the day. Um, you know, teaching gets us to lunch. They all have a sack lunch. And then after that, everybody loads up in the van and we go to different ministry sites every day. Um, that so, um, whether one day of the week they're in Waianae, which is on the west side of, of, of Hawaii, a very poor community. Um, one day of the week they're in Chinatown, which is more um, downtown um, and urban. Um, one day a week they're in Kaneohe, which is um, on the other side, on the windward side, it's more, more country and laid back. Um, so, and then one day a week um, they would stay at camp and do outreach here in this, the North Shore community. And then, so that's basically, and then they come back at six, eat dinner and get caught up with whatever it is I got to get caught up. That's like a normal day. And then Saturdays would be different in the sense it would be either be like a team building day where we'd go hiking or do something. It might be a community service day. Um, it could be a silence and solitude day, which is a really cool day where we kind of go just go out by ourselves for a couple hours and just with our Bible and stuff and, you know, really try to listen to God. Um, to a good spiritual discipline that most people don't get a chance to try and um, but we do it once a month so that's what it looks like and then Sundays is church um, and outreach we serve the the homeless community again in Chinatown so I don't know that's a lot of rambling but that's, oh, that's what great. a day that's what a day looks like in, that's great that's life. great it's good like people want to people just want to know the people want to know the people they, they demand an answer um and that and that so that leads us back to that question that um, Jamie kind of asked, like, do people tire of Hawaii? Like, we think of, uh, you have a word for us, Fulton, like mainlanders or... Yeah, mainlanders. Uh, outsiders. Yeah, uh, uh, tourists, 
scum no the, colonizers the unfortunate colonizers yes that's anybody gets off a plane you know that's what we <laughs> we're at the sign ready to give you a lay and to call you a colonizer we we think of hawaii as being paradise right but yeah um as we've seen from like if you if you just go to the to the rev high website which we'll 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 tag to and i'm sure fulton right. will, will give us here like there are some there are some issues in hawaii like one of them being homelessness which we do not we do we would not think of homelessness in hawaii so our question to you is like i mean i know i'm not i'm putting you on the spot asking these deep questions here but like what what would we be surprised about about hawaii with homelessness like what's the reason for that um yeah i, I, know, think that, I know that's a yeah. huge that's a huge question well yeah it's a, well it's big in the sense that people are always like oh you're gonna do your mission work in hawaii it sounds tough yeah right? and, for sure, for sure. And, yeah like, like if whatever god wants me if it's hawaii so be Right. And, and I get that. I mean, like, listen, I'm not going to downplay Hawaii is beautiful. You know, um, it was another it's, it's interesting for a, a, as far as a as a mission spot, because it was another country. Yeah. <laughs> they have their own language. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is also the most isolated people group in the world. So we just because we have access. So like, let's say you were in Papua New Guinea. Right. And they're they're isolated from civilization in a sense, but they're super close to New Zealand right? Hawaii is not close to any other. It's the most remote place you can go from another people group, right? We're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And it's beautiful. It's tropical. It has its own culture, its own language. Um, but it, but it's, it's the world. And like the enemy doesn't say like, oh, well, let's just leave Hawaii alone. You know, let's, Hawaii is beautiful. So let's just let that be Earth's paradise and everything's great there. Um, we suffer from problems that, that any uh, major major city would would suffer from. We have a really hard. Um, we have drug problems and a lot of domestic abuse problems um, that stem culturally here. Um, but the homelessness one is a, is a huge issue because, um, well, it's it's beautiful in Hawaii. And so what I mean by that is like it, it's a lot easier to be homeless in Hawaii than it would be to be homeless in Detroit in the winter. Yeah, just by deep. It's it's warm here. Yeah, no one freezes to death in Hawaii, right? And so um, a lot of people come out here and they stay. And um, but you have like generational homelessness here, which is something that that I have never really witnessed in the in the mainland, where um, you'll have families who've lived on the beach generationally, not like there's some you know like that's what they want to do and they're trying to live off the land, but literally they live at a, in a tent on a public beach. Their kids get up and shower at the public restroom beach showers to get ready for school and go to school from there. Do you know what I mean? And it's just lined up. In fact, Hawaii has the largest outdoor homeless homeless camp in the in the America, and that's pretty telling. Realizing we're the smallest, one of the smallest states. <laughs> yeah, um, and so we have this problem, and I know that the homelessness is a, a struggle everywhere um, in the nation, and there we don't have a lot of good answers for it. Um, so, but we, Rev High, one of the things they do is they really have a really great relationship with the homeless. They, they spend time actually being homeless. They go and spend weekends at a time in Chinatown being homeless. They spend a week in the bush in Waianae being homeless in the homeless community because we built the relationships up in the last 16 years, you know? And so they know that we're coming and stuff and we have relationships. Um, but what's really cool about, I, I just think about, the longevity of it, like um, just being here for a year. So when our students go out for ministry, 
um, like on the streets, they're look, they know everybody by name. They know the dudes and the, the ladies on the street. And they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go um, visit Auntie Shelly and see how her court date went. Or I gotta go see if um, Jerry was able to see his kids, you know? And then if, I'm, if we're on the streets and one of our students isn't here, they're asking about where our students are at. They know them all, you know? And, and that, that doesn't just happen by, by doing something in a week, you know? It comes from intentionally being out and um, spending time with these people. And that's really what, I mean, as far as that part of our ministry is, is the most, probably one of the most important things is that um, homeless people uh, need someone to listen to and, and talk with them. So I don't know how to edit this in your podcast or if it even fits, but one of the things like when our students experience homelessness um, and for, for, two, for a weekend or for a week is just the isolation, like they're bored. Like, and I know that sounds trivial, like it's boring, you know, like I'm sitting there, you know, and there's nothing to do, right? But it's more than just boring. It's no one looks at you. No one wants to talk to you. And um, yeah, I, I and you, you've experienced this for a week. Could you imagine experiencing it for years sitting there and you just become not even, you're dehumanized. People don't even stop to, to see what's going on or how are you doing, you know? And so they really, we pass out sandwiches every Sunday night in Chinatown, but it's really just an excuse to sit down and talk with these guys and, and, and create friendships and stuff. And they, they, they really open up and they want to talk because they, no one listens to them, <laughs> you know, and it's hard to find a good listener. And so that's a really big part of our, our ministry. Yeah. Everybody needs relationship, right? It doesn't matter what your situation sure. in life is. Every single person needs community. And so for right. to be able to to be able to uh, offer them, uh, I guess, the chance to be seen, right? Just to be heard, uh, is an incredible ministry, even of itself. Without you know all the other things, just to be seen. Yeah, I think the fact that people, you know, someone on the streets is somebody's actually looking for them. You know, they're like someone saying, "Hey, they're they have something to look forward to this week because because uh, Ernesto, one of our students, is going to come and hang out with them for an hour." Do you know what I mean? They have something yeah. to look forward to. Somebody's looking forward to spending time with them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty heavy to think about what we take for granted having those, those types of things. Yeah. So can you share with us, um, I mean, obviously that, that's a huge victory in and of itself, but can you share with us some stories of those victories that you've seen Rev High accomplish and how you uh, see Jesus kind of moving through this ministry and its lifespan? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, 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 it's not, it's designed for the people to come to grow closer to Jesus, right? And so, um, and that happens in a lot of ways. So it's kind of twofold. Like I said, the first part of our day, we're all in Christian community, living with each other, um, doing, doing, you know, talking about God, trying to grow closer to God, and then going out and, and being a light in a dark place, right? And so I think there's, you see victories both ends. I mean, we, we have people who who are now sober and clean and 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 have a relationship with Jesus because someone gave them a sandwich, you know, five years ago, you know, and they're still still following the Lord. Um, but we also just have we have people who come to Rev High and they're they really didn't know what a relationship with Jesus looked like, you know. And um, it's interesting because everyone who comes to Rev High, they everybody pretty much has a heart for the homeless, you know, and the people that we serve, which is great. 
Do you know what I mean? Like they have a lot of grace and they want to help these kids when they go to the, to the boys and girls clubs. And you know what I mean? They, they want, they, they're excited to go visit their, their friends on the street. Even if it's raining, we're like, Hey, should we not go out tonight? You know, everybody's going to be in their tents and stuff. They're like, Oh, we got to go out. They want to go out. Um, and, and that's great to see that. But I would say the hardest part for Rev High where most of the growth comes is living with each other in Christian community, right? Like everybody's really excited about that part, but that's really the hard part. Yeah, they have a lot of grace for, for the guy on the street, but you don't have much grace for the, the person you're picking up after their shoes, you know, 80 times after you told them to move them or to, to get their stuff off your bed, right? And it's very easy um, to, to go out and do ministry and we, you know, it, it's a process to, to try to learn, like, we don't clock in and go do God's work, you know, we're like, they'll know that we're followers of Jesus by our love for them and for one another. Like, it, it, it's kind of like a learning process like that. So I think a lot of the, the success stories comes from people, like, just deepening their relationship with Jesus, whether it's the people we're serving um, or the people who come here to grow closer to Jesus. We've had people come who don't even know Jesus right? Like they're not even a Christian. They'll say, hey, I'm not really a Christian, but hey, I'm willing to come. And I'm like, if you're willing to come and read your Bible with us every day, go serve the homeless and, and do all this, um, then yeah, like I want you, you'll be doing what God wants you to do. And you can see what, what it's all about, right? Colton, that's awesome, man. I'll tell you, when you said 6.30 wake up call, I was out a little bit, but then you said surfing and I'm back in. So, there you go. And I have, I admit, I've drastically- That's all the Jesus stuff, right? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Way to wait. Way to Jesus juke me back in. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm way past your age limit, but that's cool. So, um, but Fulton, here's the question: We have people who are interested, so now they're going to want to know more. How can they learn more? What What's your website? Where can they go to learn more? How do they apply? Yeah. What does that process look like? Yeah, they just go to revolutionhawaii.com. There's a There's a application there. It's pretty easy to find. And you fill out an application, get your references. We bring it to a board and see if you're a good fit. Um, that's how you apply. The cost right now is still $5,000 for the whole year. And some people um, are like, oh, that seems kind of steep. I don't know where you could live anywhere for $5,000 for a year. That's your food and everything is taken care of. Um, now, it's not great food. You know, it's camp food or your missionaries, you know, and, but Dude, you're living on the North Shore of Hawaii. Um, you're gonna have an experience that you've never had before. And but I would just say this: it's not easy, and it's not it's not for everybody. I mean, doing God's work is for everybody, but living in community is is very tough. It's not a come and hang out in Hawaii kind of deal. And I think for people who are serious, not that if you don't come here, you're not serious, but people who really want to follow Jesus closely, I think it's a, a really good opportunity to figure stuff out because. Um, do the the mon I don't want to say it's mundane, but like even so, all the stuff I'm talking about is exciting. It's exciting going to the streets. It's exciting and going doing street ministry and reading your Bible and stuff. But after you've done it for every single day, five days a week, you know, for the year, it's very monotonous, right? And um, a lot of times people are like, oh man, I just I feel like I'm just going through the motions, you know, and 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 that happens. And like I'm glad it's happening here because that's what's going to happen when you go home as well. Right. I mean, that happens to all of us, whether we're in a program or not. Right. And so it's good to be here. Like, how do we love each other through that? How do we get through that? Because it's going to happen when you go home. It's not that's not a unique to to being here and, and in a program. Um, 
right? And so and then I'm just throwing that as a misnomer, you know what I mean? Like, I promise you that if you come to Rev High with the, with the right mindset, like if God's, you feel like God's calling you to come, then I guarantee he, he, he's not going to let you down, right? But if you come for the wrong reasons, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. Awesome, Fulton. Thanks for that, man. Again, people, um, check out Revolution Hawaii. You are you follow them on Twitter. I know they're on Twitter as well. So uh, it's a it's just a totally it's an it's sort of that like hidden jewel of an army program. So uh, yeah. ch- check it out. Spread the news about it for sure, Major Jamie. Hey, you if you just want to come, yeah. If anybody wants to even just come visit us for a week and try it, feel free. We'll take a visitor. I'm I'm dead serious. Don't if you want to fly to Hawaii for a week? I'm serious. If you want to come to Hawaii for a week and, and, and read your Bible and hang out with us, please come. We'd love to have you. I'll be there. <laughs> send, send yeah, the for dates. sure. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, no, I, I think it's such a great thing. You know, a, we've talked about it a lot on this program, and I know it's a, a huge topic in the Salvation Army, as it should be. Um, discipleship. Are we doing discipleship the way that we should be doing it? Um, you know, we could talk all day about um, discipleship and the challenges that it presents, but this is a very unique opportunity and a way, uh, to kind of be set apart, uh, for, um, you know, just to, to set apart for whether it's, you know, just a short amount of time, whether it's the whole year and just to be intensely discipled and a discipler, right. It's a two-way street. Mm. Um, and so, uh, I just think it's an amazing opportunity and I hope, uh, listeners that, that you check it out, that you're, encouraging your young people, um, you know, to, to seriously consider it, uh, you know, as a way to just strengthen relationship with Jesus, um, and, and kind of experience ministry in a different way, a different context. Yeah. I think too, real quick, there's one more thing. I I know you guys probably got to go to your sponsors, right? I don't know if it's, if we're running short on time, but, um, one of the things that just a heads up with one of the things that's, that's, kind of difficult, but really cool about Rev High too, is you only have your cell phone on Mondays, mm-hmm. right? Now you could call home anytime you want, you know what I mean? You could write letters and there's an emergency, obviously, but like in the last 16 years, a lot has changed, right? Yeah. And um, if there's anything we know about social media and technology, um, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody to tell you it's really healthy for you to be on it nonstop, right? And so um, it's hard to do, to get away from that. So in the beginning, what we used to do, first of all, not everybody had phones in the beginning, right? Um, uh, but as everybody in technology kept on advancing, people had phones. And so what we used to do, we'd start the year with a month fast, media fast, no phones or whatever for a month, right? And then, because what it does is it forces you to be a part of a team. Yeah, like you can't just have your head down. There's, what are you gonna do? We're gonna play cards with each other. We're gonna talk to each other, right? And everybody be like, man, this is so good right? Like, this is so good. I, I feel free. But as soon as that fast was over, team killer, you know, because now you're getting in the van and you're going to a place that's 40 minutes away. Everybody's in their own world. No one's present, right? And so we've learned that, like, just having it on Mondays on their Sabbath day, that's kind of their day off, um, has been good. Like, it's a way to disconnect and, and set some boundaries. And we need those boundaries, you know, like, and it, for most of us, it won't happen unless you're in a program like this. Yeah. Like on our own, we won't do it. Um, but it's really a time to disconnect um, from from things that maybe you should be disconnecting from. Even good things, right? Like even good things that you're connected to could prevent you from being present. 
right? Mm -hmm. The fact that you're always connected to, with your family back home and you can never, you're always connected with maybe the drama. I love my family, so, but like, if you're always worried about what's going on at home, it's, it's yeah. really hard to be present with the people you're at and serve the people you're with. And they survive hearing from you once a week. And you could even call them every day if you wanted to, but just not instantly sidetracked all the time. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to do that and say, yeah, I went to Hawaii, I gave them my phone, I was living on the beach and trying to live simply for a year, you know, and, and seeing what God wanted for me. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It, I imagine that that detox period at the beginning is quite challenging. Uh, but I would, I would be interested in talking to him like towards the end of that year to see like well, how even transformational just that one sub subsection is, right? Because we're so used to now, I, th I bet the thought of it is just scary to some people to hear. I have to give up my I have to give up my technology. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many parents, like these are still young adults. These are people who are 20 years old and the parents are like, I don't know if you can go there. If I can't get a hold of you, you know, at any time. And so there's this, we have this thing where we've just become so accustomed to being, you know, connected all the time, being able to, yeah. to talk to somebody right away. But I, I would say this too, is this like, um, we have rules, like you don't get to sleep. Like, if you, hey, I didn't want to come to book discussion today. That's not an op, it's not like college, right? Yeah. And and there is some truth to like, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's always true with a lot of things. But like, if you're not putting anything into it, then it's probably not the place for you. You'll probably go home. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not really an option. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm just not going to, I'm going to drop out of classes today. It's not, not that work that kind of way. But what I'll tell you is this, it's very, very tough, you know, to, to live with rules and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the year, when we always ask, hey, well, what should we be changing? What should we be doing different? Should we give people their phone? They're like, no, do not. You know what I mean? It's like, no, yeah. we need this. And it's tough. Everybody wants um, accountability until they're held accountable, right? And then right. it's like, get off my back. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to transition now to our last question that we always ask at the end of every episode. What is bringing you joy? Fulton, do you, what's bringing you joy currently? Well, we have a new dog. So that makes me kind of happy. We have a little golden doodle. It's, it's, a, it's a lot less manlier than it sounds. <laughs> It's a, it's pretty ferocious, but it's, it's, it's pretty cute. And so that's, that's kind of fun. But I, I, I looked at this question and, um, and as a dad, um, I think one of the things that really brings me joy right now currently is just watching my kids um, get, have a faith of their own. Like my daughter's 12 and she's starting to go, you know, I take her to, to youth group and she wants me to pick up her friends to go to youth group. And I just, it really makes me happy to, to see that, that they have their own kind of faith and it's, not dependent on me dragging them anywhere. I mean, I, I would drag them if I if I had to, but it's not there right now. She's only 12. Maybe in two years, I'll be dragging her. But that brings me, that makes me happy. Absolutely. Or after I speak or something, my kids ask me questions about what I was talking about. I, I like yeah. that. It's so great as a parent uh, to be able, you know, just to see them, like you said, kind of come into their own, their personalities, the way they perceive the world. And then the way that they perceive, you know, kind of faith where it transitions from, well, this is what my family does to no, this is what I do. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And we're trying to get the dog saved. We don't know if he's saved yet, but <laughs> yeah. he's young. He's, he's young and we'll be praying. Rumor, ha him. rumor has it all dogs go to heaven, but yeah. that's not really our theology. And so we're still going <laughs> right. to just try to make sure. What's his name? We, we can saved. add him to our prayer list. His name is Finnegan. Finnegan. And he is cute. <laughs> That'll only get you. So they, 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 get you into they don't shed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they don't shed. It's really cool. Like they're super soft. They don't shed. Like it looks like one of those things you could wash a car with, and super soft. 
Nice. So, Elizabeth, yeah. what's bringing you joy this week? Okay. They've updated the emoji keyboard and there's now like the snapping heart. And I just love that heart. You can like surprise people with it, take it out of your bag. It's just like my fave. I love it. A snapping heart? Well, yeah, I, don't I don't know the understand. official name. It's like, because uh, it's like, no, I'm going to say it, this and I'm going to be wrong. It it's move? like the K-pop it thing, right? No, I, you just like, but it's like, that's how you get there. It's like, so it's not a heart, it's your fingers. No, but it's supposed the to be shape a, heart. Of a heart. It's a heart. It's really, you, you take it, yeah. <laughs> Users, exactly. you, I mean, users, listeners, you can't see yeah. us all, but we're yeah. all right now examining our fingers to see it's how so you make it in the shape of a heart. It's like the new piece <laughs> sure? of a photo. Isn't it like an Italian thing? No, sure? I, I that's see like Korean that's drama the TikTok. <laughs> that's the TikTok thing right there. Uh, with <laughs> that's a little too. <laughs> Matt, what well, about I'm you? I'm glad that's bringing you joy. That Thanks. makes me happy. <laughs> now it's bringing me joy. <laughs> Um, we gotta go search I, my phone and see if i can find it well fulton hit us with the like uh, i uh, the joy of my daughter growing in faith and i was gonna say the uh nhl and nba playoffs but now i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of something spiritual in my head as well um who are you pulling for in those who are you pulling for those oh good uh in uh the nba i think so we just we we came to this appointment from florida so i gotta keep um the heat the, the florida school so we'll go heat yeah and then we'll go tampa bay lightning i don't know fulton they have this thing called ice here in the mainland i don't know if they have that in hawaii but they play yeah they do it's but shaved it's a, over there it, though it is shaved <laughs> and it's a terrible terrible drug that we have a problem with but you're talking about nhl ice and yes we don't way have to protect, way to protect the vibe fulton way to protect yeah, sorry the vibe. Right. oh we're trying to lighten it up now what's bringing you joy yeah what's bringing you joy jamie last you bring us back to Jesus, please. All right. Oh, well, mine's not connected to Jesus either. I was just going to say for me, it's um, what is both a joy also can be sometimes a little bit uh, of a challenge is end of school activities, end of year activities for my kids. Uh, so my oldest daughter is very involved in theater at school. They, her school just wrapped up their production of beauty and the beast. So I got to see her, you know, just beaming with joy on the stage, doing what she loves. Uh, with my youngest daughter last night was her final end of year band concert. She, for the first song, she played the crash symbols. And if you could put her personality into an instrument, it would be the crash symbols. So it was very perfect. So just to see them kind of thriving um, and doing what they love is bringing me great joy right now. Is she in band or orchestra band? She's in band. Yeah. It's sixth okay. grade. So she's just learning. She's just kind of started percussion. So do we allow, uh, do we allow Salvationists at Salvationists? Do we allow them to play stringed instruments yet? Has that been approved? <laughs> do you know? That's going to end this episode of the battle line podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the battle line wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to check out the peer website at peermag.org or follow peer on all the socials at peer.magazine until next time. This has been the battle line podcast. Bye everybody. Bye.